Blog Talk Radio. On a mountain in a valley, I behold only God. In hardship, I see him by my side. In ease and well-being, I behold only God. Like a candle, I melted. Amidst the sparks of the flames, I behold only God. Good morning, this is Mara. Uh, and my co-host, uh, Bob, Bob uh, is going to lead us today. So, Good morning. How are you this morning? Doing very well, thank you. Very well. Me too. It's a beautiful morning. September is just always such a, such a great month, isn't it, to be, you know, that transition from being so hot or at least depending where you're at in the world, right? Yes. But at least here in here in Texas, September is always just one of those beautiful transition months where you're where, you know, things are starting to some flowers are starting to come out, some trees are starting to lose leaves, it's getting cool outside and it's just a wonderful time to get outside and be with nature and talk to God and be with yourself and and take, have some of that me time that we talked about last week. So yeah. that's where I've yeah. primarily been with my me time is just outside, working in the yard, pulling out the summer garden, putting in some, finish that up today. I need to get some seeds in to plant some greens for the for the winter. I've, I've never done that before. It's uh, I don't know if I'm planting too early or too late, but we'll see. I, I'm usually such a planner, right? But... Uh, Never got around to the planning part and reading it, uh, reading up on it. But I figure you throw the seeds out there, and some of them will sow, some of them won't. And what's there is going to be delicious. <laughs> exactly, yeah. the hardy ones will survive. And I agree with you. Uh, September is certainly a crisping month here too. So uh, it, the air is a little crisper. Uh, it's a little cooler in the morning. It kind of heats up here because it's the desert. Um, I as because I am preparing to leave the desert to go to the land of water, uh, I am not planting anything. But I notice I have an indoor kind of, I, don't know, I guess you call it atrium kind of area, but it's not in the middle of the room. But uh, and so I did go in and do the same thing this morning. Take off, you know, do some deadheading, pulling things out, and uh, what a wonderful way to start the day. Um, so I, I hear what you're saying even here. Yeah, I, I think and it's the, probably true everywhere in the in the at least in the US that it's starting to cool down and we're starting to see uh changes and I think that's uh that's always something to look forward to change. It's something we all fear, but something that always happens, but I think if we embrace change instead of pushing it back to the side and bitching and moaning and complaining about it, it it is uh it it moves us along and helps us in our journey with with ourselves, with our family, our friends, with everyone to be able to change and it, admire the change that other people are going through and and be with them through that rather than you know kind of take the approach that well, what's going on with them they're gone you know a little cuckoo but yeah yeah it, it's uh good time for change. Actually, I had very, I'm not even going to tell the nightmare because it's so disturbing, but I wouldn't even say it's a nightmare. It was really, 
just a very weird dream. And, and I was telling Micah about it this week, and he said, you know, well, that just means change is coming. And I said, okay. <laughs> yeah. So I can accept yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, really and it's how fluid can you be with change. I mean, that's, that's a really hard thing. Change takes so many different dimensions. And, uh, and, then, and then you need to be fluid with it. it. And for me, that's interesting, Bob, uh, what you just said, because I think that in order to realize life the way I think it's supposed to be or to make as much money as I thought I should, I was supposed to do, I kind of put off some things that were very important. And I find it no coincidence that you and I now are back to doing the radio show at exactly the point in my life when I'm freeing up time to do those kind of spiritual things, you know, and something that we've been talking about since you were a baby. (laughs) (laughs) And so it's like relaxing and just letting things happen is huge. And, and sometimes, and change, uh, I'm sure our listeners recognize this, but changes are many times portrayed, um, like it, it's the hangman, you know, it's the, um, what's gravestone, headstone. It's those kind of symbols uh, mean that time is, things are changing. Uh, Halloween is not so much a celebration as evil as a recognition that we are beginning a new cycle. New things are coming. Uh, at least that's the way I see it. It helps me not be afraid. <laughs> and, and it's also, and also in in most other cultures that uh, that day, especially in Latino cultures, is Dia de los Muertos, is the day that follows, or All Saints Day, and that you know is where you know the time that we take to honor those that that were here before us and and spend some time uh, t- thinking about them and. And uh, you know maybe maybe not and focusing on what what good things we got from knowing those people that that have gone. So yes. uh, it's it, it's kind of odd that we that you know the way that we celebrate that by having Halloween and dressing up in uh, disguises and things like that yes. when yes. the next day is really what we're doing uh, is honoring the the deceased. Yes. So yes. I, I wanted to. We have a caller. I'm not sure if they're oh my gosh, any, if yes. just listening or if they would like to participate. But I'm going to put the caller in the six four six area code online. How are you today? Hi, I'm well. I, I'm listening. Thank you. Okay. Okay. Great. Do you want us to leave your mic open, or would you prefer us we, we put you just with headphones so you only listen? In other words, do you want to comment? You. Uh, no, no, but thank you very much. If I do, I'll raise my hand. Okay. All right. <laughs> thank you. Thank you thank for you. listening. You're welcome. Yes, thank you very much. What was your name, by the way? Helena. Helena, thank you for joining us. Uh, so You're anyway, welcome. Bob, you you were saying? Um. I lost my train of thought there, but hey, that's okay. We were we talking can, we about the day of morning. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, yes, that you know we that we uh, that's the day that we celebrate the the lives of those of our of those that have deceased, and and we 
you know, different cultures do it in a different way, obviously, but we've got maybe some odd ways to do that, right? <laughs> Be interesting to, yeah. to research the background there that I haven't that I haven't done. But I think, you know, when we're talking about all of, about change, it really is important that and it goes right with our topic is you are enough, recognize and become that fact yes. that yes. that change is, is part of the re- recognition of change that's coming and becoming that fact. Sometimes it's it, the change, you know, is difficult, but we, we get through it every time. We... You know, we may we may not like it, we may like it, but we, we we get there. So we take on, you know, a positive attitude towards change and that certainly will be, you know, a, a help in that. And right before the show you, you started to to tell me what, you know, the become with a hyphen and why you place oh, yeah. it that way. And and if you'd share that because we didn't get you didn't get finished sharing it with me, so sure, absolutely. Uh, I would love to, and and if I may just add about the change part for our listeners now and those who uh, download uh, and listen in the future, I I am in the midst of, of probably one of the the big rites of passage in our society of of preparing to retire. So I expect at the end of December to have retired. And not only am I retiring, I'm I'm moving to a whole different state and uh, I am more likely than not not going to practice law anymore. And that is a huge thing for me because I define so much of my identity in being a lawyer. And and so what's interesting is to me is that is that realization that I am still enough even for the next phase when I don't even know what the next phase will be, and I'm I'm kind of in the hand. I, you know, I, when I was a kid, there was a song, "Put Your Hand in the Hand of the Man That Stilled the Water." It could be woman, I don't really care, but I, I I've now my hands firmly in God's hand, and I during this next few weeks until the end of December, uh, you know, I am trying to really become the fact that I am enough so that I, I recognize that no matter what decision one makes in life, there are going to be those who see it as motivated by something different than it necessarily is. And you can run around explaining to people, oh, no, 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 you're wrong, or just letting them be who they are. And when you become what you know is enough, you are ready for this next transition step in your life, then you will not only allow it to infuse you with the peace of knowing that everything is okay, your hand is in the hand of the woman, you know, your hand is in the hand of the man. And also, you... By doing that, you model being enough, knowing that I don't have to be more than anybody else, I don't have to be less than anybody else, and I don't have to care what anybody else thinks. You know, uh, I just need to be content in knowing who I am and knowing that I'm enough. I've made it to this point. I've had a successful career in the law, and now I... I am being moved to have something else in my life. 
And I need to know that no matter what I do, no matter how much money I have or I don't have, I am enough. And so I need to model that fact and that belief. And I'm finding that for me, um, I'm doing that by smiling with the joy that is inside of me. All of the things that motivated me to retire, to be near my friends, to be or to be to be able to see my friends more often. They aren't near me, uh, but uh, to be able uh, to be with my family. Part of my family is close. To be able to fly to see my other daughter without having to travel almost as long as the air flight is, just to get to the airport. To um, to have time to to write a book again if I want to, to have time to do the radio show more often if we're able. Uh, You know, all of those things, to have time, something I haven't had in years. Those things all make me smile so much. And I keep my mind on that and model that even I am enough. I'm enough to have made it to this place and I'm going to be enough in the next level. And I'm not sure if... I've given a good explanation, but that's why I put the hyphen in there. I think there are so many words in the English language that I suspicion are in other languages too that are like messages from all that is. Like being alone is hyph- is really being all one, A-L hyphen O-N-E. All one and open to being in the presence of God because God is there with you always. So I put recognize, a hyphen there too, because the word cognize means in some terms, some scientific term, means to have your mind uh, embrace and understand. And so I put R-E, basically, or I could have put remember, R-E hyphen M-E-M-B-E-R. It's joining yourself and believing in your mind that you are a part of a unit, even if the unit is you and God. That's you and everything, by the way, but recognizing that. And the same with becoming. Once you know that you are enough and you believe that, then you demonstrate that with your behavior and then you become, you show what being enough is. And people need to see that. We spend so much time justifying. Thank you, Bob, for asking. Thank you for the explanation. That's great. And I think I think you do you you we do that spend too much time uh maybe maybe even wasting time trying to figure those things out when when really at the root of it it's pretty pretty simple that you're enough right where you are today. What, you know, following intuition, I think, you know, is another big factor there in yes. in in letting letting go, really, and, and knowing that I am enough and following my intuition, which, which how many times do you not follow your intuition and you become just uber frustrated because you kind of learn go, oh, I know I should have done it this way or I should have listened to that little voice in my gut that, said to do xyz and i didn't didn't listen to that intuition and if we know we're enough we know that we can listen to our intuition and take that take take that message from 
from within and and run with it and you'll you'll be much happier and more grounded absolutely so, absolutely so you had posted on uh on on the on the blog site showing a little exercise to do and i uh, when i looked at this i thought you know this is a great exercise because we all uh, sometimes feel down and we need to get a quick pick-me-up somehow. And I know maybe it's not uh, a cup of coffee is not going to do it or a glass of tea or, uh, you know, whatever your vice is to get you through things. Sometimes, you know, those aren't the kind of pick-me-ups we're talking about here. It's more of I really need, I really not feeling well spiritually and I'm not feeling like, anything's going my way, I don't feel like I belong, I don't feel like just the world's against me type of situation that, you know, we can uh, uh, kind of do this this little exercise here and remind ourselves that we're enough and that we are uh, one with the universe. So I'm just going to go down the list and... Uh, you know, you can throw some more in here, and uh, there are, you know, you could come up with a lot longer list here, but I think this this is a good start. So just sitting quietly and saying, I am a good friend. And while you're doing that, think of a friend who uh, you've been a good friend with or has been a good friend to you. Uh, I am a good mom or a good dad. And you know, think of those times that, you know, you have gone over and beyond or or just been there for your for your children or your grandchildren, nephews, nieces. A lot of times the mom and dad role isn't necessary necessarily biological. I am a yeah. um a happy person. And by putting in so much of the things that you know, we may not always be a happy person, but I think intrinsically that that we are uh, happy at at some times. We may not be able to recreate that same happiness that we felt in a certain time in our life, but we know what happiness is, and we can we can we can get happiness back. So, just telling myself I am a happy person, or I am a happy person, or a happy person I am, if you prefer to use the I am at the end, but it's kind of important to put that I am there so it just concretizes what we've got going on with our that it's about but it's about us and about our relationship with the with ourself and with our God and our spirit. And to maybe just thinking about a song that makes you happy, you know, or a book or someone or someone that makes you happy. I am a good coworker. I am a good citizen. Both very important things for us to be and part of being impeccable with our word there and being being a good coworker and citizen are, are things that make us stronger people and that make make you happier because if you're being a good citizen likelihood is you're going to surround yourself with others that are good citizens as well. I am a kind person. I am enough to have made it this far. I am growing. 
These are all things that we can say just to remind ourselves that in this very moment, we are okay exactly where we are and that loving yourself and, and being who you are is more more important than the drama that might be going around you. So just taking a couple moments, it's it's sort of a maybe a silent meditation where we you walk through and just say, I am a happy person, I am a good citizen, I am kind, I am good. Any of those positive things about you that you sit and maybe with... Uh, for me, I like to. I've always liked rocks since I was a little kid. So, I choose a, a rock that I uh, might that might attract to me today, and could sit and and do this exercise, or maybe put on some incense, or maybe some light music, or just complete silence. Sometimes, just having our eyes closed and being in complete silence is very cleansing for for me, at least because we have so much chatter going on around us, whether it's in social media, the TV, the radio, uh, the kids running around the house, whatever it might be, there's silence. They say silence is golden. So when you have that opportunity, maybe it's in the car, kind of do that exercise and and see how it, it works for you and expand it for a longer amount of time if you can. Add more things there. Were there were there some other things that you wanted to add there? Well, you know, I think the only thing that I might add is I, I do think I think it's going to be a wonderful meditation and I feel that you're leading us there. But um I think what I would add only is that when if you think of uh the fact that uh, in the Old Testament, in the Quran, uh, in the Torah, <laughs> when God gave his name, and, and I know that's such a, this may feel uncomfortable, and Helena, I hope that uh, we don't make you feel uncomfortable today, but it it said, say that you were sent by the great I am. And, and it says in, uh, it says further that I am that I am. And, and that's kind of an abstract discussion that everybody has to have privately in their own hand, head. But the reality is we are reminded by those words, I am, that we are a vital part of all that is. And there's this beautiful Kabbalah story about uh, that helped me understand this, that when God was united when all that is, when the master of all, the mistress of all that is, was united in one being, there was no tension. There was nothing, uh, everything was perfect. And so God wanted to experience all emotions and the uh, juxtaposition of good and bad. And so he threw himself like a vase and broke uh, herself into a million pieces. Then those million pieces were distributed across this planet and perhaps others, but were distributed. And they were distributed without knowing that they were part of one being. And the journey was to remember who I am. 
the journey to reuniting yourself with the parts of the vase by recognizing your commonality with everyone. And so when I was taught that, because I did study very briefly, very briefly, thumbnail, the Kabbalah. I am not Madonna, but um, I respect what she has done, though. Please do not take that. It was as ridicule, but instead as respect. Uh, I realized the importance of saying I am. I am. It's it's a reminder. So when one looks at these as the bare words that are listed here on the blog page, it looks it could be viewed as being what some people warn us against, being conceited and thinking only of ourselves. And I would remind our listeners that in the Ten Commandments, which are in the Torah, the Koran, in the uh, Bible that the Christians follow to, and in just about every philosophy, love others as you love yourself. And so these words, I am, are affirmations. They're reminders to pull you back into to onto the path to let go of self-doubt, to let go of thinking that you are less than and that you are not enough, and to remind you that you are walking in this journey hand in hand. So that's kind of what I would add. Um, and I thank you for asking me. Oh, absolutely. And thank you. I, I always like the, the Voss story. The, <laughs> and, and as you said before, the remember there that, that, that you know, that the, all the pieces were one, you know, that re-member, member meaning, you know, one unit, and re-meaning, you know, reconstructing that unit and getting back to Peace and peace and getting back to uh, a place of peacefulness. Absolutely, absolutely, I agree. I I love the I love that story too. So I agree, and uh, I um, I think that these are really good, quick, and I agree with you. I really appreciated your your mentioning. uh, Just you're sitting there in the car. I know we're back to the car. We'll have to stop coming to the car every week, Bob. <laughs> you know, but, but you're sitting there. Yeah, in the car. Well, most, most people spend a lot of time in the car, though. So. <laughs> yeah. You, you know, and. Truth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and just reminding yourself, you know, of, uh, of the things, the strengths that you have. And, you know, I really believe as we remind ourselves of these strengths we we begin to show them more and and we begin to feel more okay with ourselves uh because how much time uh do we spend reminding ourselves what we didn't do i mean seriously how much how what's the portion of your day that you think oh i should have done that differently i vote probably far more of my day than it should be. Oh, I should have said this. I should have said that. I should have done this. I should have done this. All the should have, would have, could have. Instead of... I was was coming from a... Instead of accepting the fact that, no, I I did it that way and it might have been right or wrong. And let's move forward. And if, if if it happens to be something we need to fix, 
uh, we fix it. If not, move on and and, and let go. And if you Sometimes think the next you, time it should be done yeah. differently, do it differently. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, learn, exactly. Learn, the, learn the lesson. We all, we're always growing and learning and uh, having, having lessons teach us, uh, having lessons uh, help us to make better decisions in the future. And there's no reason to dwell on, you know, what was done. What's done is done. There's no, there's not a whole yes. lot of sense in, in dwelling on it. It's hard, though. That's It's not an easy thing. We always want to beat ourselves up for for things that we might not have done, the, where we might not have been impeccable with our word or where we didn't follow through the way that we should. But we really shouldn't beat ourselves up so bad. It doesn't... It, it doesn't change yeah. happens. Exactly. It does not. I mean, we are um we are fallible human creatures. Um they took away our memory that we were once all one together. And then we have put in we've been put into an environment where we have life lessons designed to remind us that we are connected to each other. And and you know what that little little thing I wrote back in 2012 to me kind of says it all in terms of how we interact because we can spend all of our time back in the past thinking about how we should have done something different or we can just say hey wait a minute I'm somebody and and that reads I thought I was somebody until somebody made clear I was nobody which hurt until I remembered everyone is somebody. You, me, equal and enough. Be gentle with your thoughts of others and of you. Be gentle in your words about others. See more than they are showing. Be kind. It becomes you and encourages others to become the person, persons you see. And it's it's about it is about us. I and mean, how much time from the pulpit are we discouraged from praying to God for ourselves, from thinking about ourselves? And we're told that that's conceded, and yet the only person we have control over is ourselves. Ourselves. <laughs> and so, yeah. so you go through life, you know, being afraid you're not enough. Yeah, trying to figure out that such a dichotomy there. The yeah, yeah. I, I'm enough. I'm enough, but I shouldn't think about myself. And yeah. and actually, when you put, you know, if if you're thinking about yourself, you have to think about yourself in order to think about others to know the way that you would want to be treated, right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's, exactly. It's kind of a kind of a crazy concept, but that's uh, and it gets replaced there, Bob. I just realized is what gets replaced there is people begin thinking that the, so now that you've got people in the state of confusion, the churches start feeding in the rules that you've got to do that they guarantee will make you loved more by God. And so if you do this and if you do this and if you do this and you have this whole list of rules, so then we get a bunch of people who think, that God loves you most if you follow all these rules. And 
And that becomes then a reason to not treat other people respectfully. Right. And and who made who made up these rules? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I know because you know when they talked to you know Jesus, he said the most two most important rules were love God with your heart, your mind, and your soul, and the second one was love others as you love yourself. You know, which are the so, same hello. thing if you believe. And if you believe that we're all God, then that's the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Mhm. Mhm. So, so it's it's it's. Uh, the message is there twice, whether yeah, you get, it whether is. you win. Yes, you're right. It and, is. And yes. I, and I think, and I think that that actually, you know, isn't isn't even though that's something that Jesus said. That's something I believe all faiths at, at the base have. They do. Yeah. Excuse me. I should have said everybody, but not. <laughs> yes. Because our show is yeah, not about any, any any one religion or faith. It's uh, you know. Not at all. You no, and that message is constant. Right. And yet, it's right. amazing. It's also That's constantly right. not followed. It's constantly not followed. <laughs> the, the only consistency you know? is not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because because people are so afraid they're not enough that they have to be be more than, better. So if if you're not enough, uh, you know, because they don't feel enough, they then have to have these rules. But because I follow these rules, I'm better than enough. It's truly amazing to me, but I think the fear of not being enough drives an awful lot of people to engage in rules that separate others into us and them camps. And um, and as you said, you know, it's in every faith and in every philosophy because everything is in a faith. Uh, and, I mean, in Buddhism, you know, embrace the moment. This is the moment you are in. Be the best that you can be. Is that not saying I am enough? And to practice yeah. compassion, which if you're yeah. if, if you don't feel that you're that you're enough, then you're you can't be compassionate because no. you you don't have enough. You, you don't have compassion for yourself. If you don't have compassion yeah. for yourself, it's hard to have compassion for someone else. Yes, exactly. And and you look at uh, at, at just some of the some of the ideas that are separatist ideas, which to me show that a at this point, a lack of remembering. Because frankly, if you remember that the person in front of you is you and, and he or she are having a, a lesson, a life experience, a journey together, and even if that person doesn't fit your ideas, even if that person is not being kind, if you look at that person as being, let's let's forget that the God that we're all part of God. Let's just see that that person is one of your relatives. You're connected to that person. Then you want to see more in them so that you can encourage more in them. You may not succeed. You may not succeed, but then you are taking, you are monitoring yourself well. Because, you know, that's what it's about. How kind are you to others? Not my judgment about how kind 
someone else should be to others. How kind am I to others? And being kind to yourself, you start by being kind to yourself. And Absolutely. You know, by, by knowing that you are enough and yes. not, we hear so, I, you know, it, it seems, you know, we hear so many people use self-deprecating words all the time. And, you know, if you, if, if you can't, if you don't love yourself enough to not self-deprecate and uh, you certainly can't love, love others as Deeply. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of an interesting one because do you think it's a fine line between wanting to allow others to have credit for for their contributions and self-deprecation? Because I find myself, uh, and, and I think... You know, I I find myself trying to spread the credit, even though I might have been, you know, a behind-the-scenes mover in something. It's important to me that that the actual hands, or I guess they would say feet on the ground, get recognized. I, I don't know. Do you know what I'm saying, Bob? It's like a fine line. Yeah, there there are a lot of times that that people take the take full credit when they actually had someone someone behind them or uh, mm-hmm. yeah helping helping and and credit isn't given where credits due. Yeah, the, so those those cases, you know, maybe 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 those are more folks on the narcissistic side. <laughs> that participate in that yeah. behavior, but but we have all yeah. of those around us, and I think it offends people a lot of times, or it, it unquestionably uh, offends the people that know that they helped that person to get to attain the goal that was reached, or etc. So, you know, making making sure that you're it's all part of being truthful and honest, really. That's what mm-hmm. it boils down to. <laughs> yeah, yeah I think you're right. And you know, I think that we can we can lead this into a meditation that I that I chose for today, which is focusing on our I've been uh choosing different chakras that kind of go with the with the message that uh with the show topic rather that we're that we're doing. So I thought today that the chakra that matched up well with this is our throat chakra. And that's because that's where everything comes out of our mouth, right, is through our throat. And we, you know, maybe need to ask ourselves some questions. And, you know, as as we always say on the show with that, you know, the – uh, one of the four, the first of the four agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz is to be impeccable with your word. And, you know, we don't take the time to think before we speak sometimes. And we need to to take a little time sometimes in some situations to, to respond. And, you know, whether that be in a text message or in a Facebook post or a Twitter reply or 
anything, you know, is to to ask yourself, you know, is, is what I'm going to say true? Is it even necessary to say what I'm saying? Is there, you know, 10,000 other people already say it? Is there a reason that I'm expending this energy doing that? Is it helping me in any way? Is it yeah. going to hurt, be hurtful? Is it going to be hurtful to someone else or or critical? Not 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 critical criticism, but or constructive criticism. You know, that's always good to 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 practice. But just being critical, just to be critical or bitchy and mean, is you know, is is that what our intent is when we're when we're using our words? So I think sometimes that at least for me, when I get into those situations, it helps me to, I have a particular stone that I use for, I'm not even sure what it is, I just know that it's green and it's maybe tourmaline or, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I wish and I knew what all of That's such a good question. Me too. I, I feel like I need, I'm surrounded here by crystals and I need a crystal charge. But I will, I think... The the Dalai Lama said that so well uh, in asking, do your words add to the moment? Oh, add. very good. Yes. Positive. So yeah. I agree with that. You're you're exactly right. I love that we're going to the throat chakra. Yeah, I think, you know, for, for me it's one that, you know, when you, I think maybe for most, I shouldn't talk for most people, but for me it's the one that I maybe struggle with the most in, I don't know why, but it t- tends to be the one. You know, maybe that's something I need to to work on through meditation. Uh, but the I'm going to always putting the music on always makes my mind go a little blank here, and then trying to get it to the right sound. So today, if you get in a comfortable position. For for meditation, there's you know no no right or wrong way to do it. It's just spending some time with yourself and stopping all of the chatter that's in your brain from uh, taking over. And for some, that might mean uh, chanting or humming, maybe saying the you know I am a good dad, I am a good friend, I am enough, and focusing on those. Today, um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to use uh, the mantra, just hum, hum, and as we listen to the music, uh, just bring air. I like to feel like I'm pulling light from the bottom of my spine up through the top of my head, and for the throat chakra, that color that is emitted there is greenish in color, so I think of a green color coming up and balancing through all of the chakras in the body. So if we take uh, some deep breaths, dipping in air until your lungs are full, allowing that air then to come out. And I like to empty my lungs as far as I can to get all the stale oxygen, all the stale any negativity out of my body. So I'm just going to hum along with the music today as the mantra and we'll keep it simple. Hum. 
Um, a couple more deep breaths in and out. Um, um, namaste. 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 That was beautiful. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you, Bob. That was beautiful. You know, um, we are all enough. We are all enough to have moments, private moments with God. And and God is there for us, you know, as a unit and uh, as a spirit with us always. And we are enough. And you just took us into such a quiet, private moment, a private appointment. And and what interests me um, is there are so many who act as though such moments are reserved for some sort of select elite group, you know, and... Oh, you're right, yeah. I think yeah. they, they you, you you don't you don't need a you don't need a yogi you don't need a master you don't need to pay anyone to uh, help you meditate or to spend time with the universe with God to uh, to do any of these things it's it's there within yourself it's not something that's for sale. Not at all. Not at all. I went to. Um, I or went should to say, um, something that, should, that shouldn't be for sale. <laughs> there certainly are a lot of people that sell it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you know what? And here's the deal: if that makes you happy, if that makes you feel enough and valuable, just as you are right now, no matter what has happened in the past, we're talking about right now. This is about right now, and if sending money off to uh, a gigantic accumulation of people makes you happy and feel enough, then write those checks. Seriously, write those checks. My grandma and grandpa wrote checks to uh, a televangelist, although I don't know if it was televangelist. I don't think it started as that. I think that they were more Roman. Yeah, yeah, they were just they were evangelists in the beginning, and then ultimately came to be on TV and and all sorts of things. And they wrote those checks, and you know, it gave them peace. They they felt that they were contributing to a greater cause. And, and if that and if that's how you feel, then that's what you should do. We're not here to tell you how to be enough. We're just here to tell you you are. You know, I I had a conversation, I think I've mentioned, I have an uncle who prays for my soul, and I pray for his. I'm honored he prays for my soul. But he kind of spread the words amongst my other uncles on basically now two sides of the family that they need to pray for me because I'm lost. And, And yet I will share with you, I know I'm found. But they, and... It's all wrapped up in judgment of uh, the, you know that they that they feel that they're enough by 
by following a, per, a particular a particular path and exactly. passing judgment, which is the first thing that you're not supposed to do, right? And exactly, um, exactly. Then, I mean, and, and, and I, you know, my, and I've probably expressed a few times, you know, my my disdain for for organized religion and and some of the things that you know for for me it's it's not a good fit and you know mm-hmm. i have my own i have a lot of my own reasons for that but that that doesn't mean that i don't have a relationship with the uh, with the great spirit mother earth god yes. however yes. anybody wants to call me i i don't think that i have that everyone going to church on sunday isn't uh doesn't mean I need to go to a building. It doesn't mean I need to uh, yeah. be. Doesn't mean I need to be with other people. It means I need to and to to take that time to to be alone, all one, as you say. So yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. And you know, it's. It's too bad right now in this country there's so much being, you know, negative on both sides for for organized religion and 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 politics and I think it's uh you know where where we need to, you know, maybe step back more and and think before we say things. Yes. Yes, and think about who how those words are being heard. I think that for me, um, I, it's pro- I'm sure it's pretty evident to everyone that uh, I, I grew up in, in the uh, Christian faith, uh, which is the one that instinctively I go to sometimes to make examples. And, I'll, and you know, like I, and I, I, I know for those who have listened to us for a long time, they'll know I say, you know, you got to have faith, hope, and charity. Uh, That's the way to live successfully. How do I know? The Bible tells me so. So faith, hope, and charity, you know, pretty altruistic acts and very non-judgmental acts. And and then one day um, I... I got tired. I would I would stand up there and read the liturgy and as we were going through the sermon and mine is a pretty mild faith, it's a Methodism. As we were going through the sermon and I would be hearing these judgments of these necessity and thinking coming from the pulpit and I'm sitting there and I found that I was going home with a migraine headache. You know, time after time after time. And at some point, I realized that I was enough to leave. And I was enough to do it my way. And we lost Helena here, but I I recognized that it was okay. You know, it was okay and that I was loved by God even if I didn't go and go through the rituals that I had been brought up to believe made me enough. And and I began focusing myself on, on how I treated other people and um and stopped having, you know, the you stopped having the for me uh challenges uh feeling as though I was telling people that some were better than others because I can't do that. But I do believe whatever path takes someone to um 
on their journey is the path they should be following. Yeah. This, yeah. So if you're, you know, I think along with that is, you know, if you're on the path that you're following is not to, not to judge others for where they're at and what what they're following at the time. And to do yeah, it with love. I, exactly. I don't, uh, for me, it, it's not uh, a journey that ends up with me having all the right answers. I just need to have the answers that are right to lead me on my journey. And uh, to let go of, as I said in that statement, see more in people than they are showing me, rather than spending my time being angry at them and talking badly. And I'm not going to say that I, I'm above doing that, believe me. <laughs> you know, I, I, there are times when I, I go uh, off on the side and need to uh, remind myself that, that I'm, uh, you know, where did I leave my peace? Uh, this last few weeks I've said to myself at least one time each way, week, you know, God, uh, okay, I, uh, this is not how I want to live my life. Uh, what lesson is, is is there in this for me because I'm ready to move past this thinking, this feeling of dis-ease in my body, this uh, negativity that keeps wanting to crop into my head. And, and I think that it begins as the relief is provided, it begins with this realization that I am enough. You know, that... Uh, it's whatever's happened, even if I've made mistakes, even if any of us have made mistakes, as you said earlier, those are in the past. They're done. And now we are in the present. And in the present, for all that I have lived, I'm enough. And now, uh, as the Dalai Lama says, it's time to, to begin writing the script for today. And that script should be fresh. He didn't say the last part. I did. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to act like, you know, I'm I'm here monkeying with the Dalai Lama's words. (laughs) (laughs) Or anyone else's for that matter, right? (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) You know, this is going to live on forever. These shows that we've been doing, that we did way back when, Bob, are still out there. So, you know. Oh, yeah. We want to be cautious. <laughs> you know, it's, I don't know that much has changed, but the bottom line is it's a new script every day. It's a new day. It's fresh. Just like you were describing the air in September. It's crisp. It's new. And there are no coincidences. No, there aren't. There are, and so always, we oftentimes say, oh, well, what a coincidence, and then, you know, you say, no, there are no coincidences, and you realize, you know, it happened for a reason. We may not know what that reason is today. We may not have the, the capability to understand it at the time. Maybe not capability might not be the right word, but we don't have the, we don't have all the, 
all of the pieces of the puzzle in front of us put together to know what why that why things happen the way that they do at times. No, no, we don't. And I mean, Bob, if you think about it, um, you know, it's like, I don't know, you know, what my thinking is today. I'm kind of letting God today. I think about it and I think about all of the things. I think about the religious journey I've lived. And and by that, I mean, um, I have in my head some religious knowledge that other people may not have experienced, like having spent some time uh, studying to be... Uh, when I kind of walked off uh, away from the liturgy um, bias, I then went to studying Judaism because really, if we are we are the body and the body is one, and Jesus was Jewish, then maybe the answer was in Judaism. And so I went... And I studied with this rabbi down in Beverly Hills. I'd literally fly in to study with him. He was an Orthodox rabbi. And and he made a joke that he shouldn't be teaching me because um, basically he wasn't supposed to be alone with a woman. But it was okay. You know, he was going to do this for whatever reason. Uh, what was a divine reason? Whatever the reason was, it was divine. And as I studied and... I learned from him, I realized that it it didn't take too many months for us to be talking about us and them. And uh, it was like, whoa, you know, yeah, and yet I learned beautiful stories. I, I mean, I've shared many times the story of Ishmael, you know, and, and the story of suffering. And, um, and and you know what? Maybe the story of Ishmael is a good one here on being enough because uh, it, it's interesting. It came to me, and I've been sitting here holding the shack on my lap because you said something earlier that prompted that, but the story of Ishmael that I learned from the rabbi, wow, I feel like, wow, it, it's a wonderful one about being enough. And Ishmael, uh, one time a very rich, rich merchant, uh, let's call him Jacob, went to his rabbi and he said, Rabbi, you know, I have everything that I want in the world. I am I'm very, very, uh, you know, satisfied with things, and, but I, I still suffer. I still suffer. And, um, the, and he said, I don't know what to do and the rabbi says well you should go to Ishmael Ishmael can teach you about about suffering he can teach you the lessons uh, to learn about suffering and so that you don't suffer so that you don't suffer my heart is just swelling up on this story uh, Bob I'm so appreciative that Rabbi Tishman taught it to me and and so Jacob went on his way, and he went to the place that the rabbi told him Ishmael lived, but he was sure that he must have made a mistake or must not have understood the rabbi because there was a hovel, and outside the hovel there were children playing everywhere, and there was a dis- 
disabled man uh, going around trying to accumulate things to uh, fix his house. And uh, so Jacob walked up to Ishmael, and he said, Ishmael, uh, he said, I'm looking for Ishmael. Do you know where Ishmael lives? And Ishmael says, well, I'm Ishmael. And Jacob looked at him totally shocked and dismayed, but stepped past his judgments of what he was seeing and said, well, the rabbi sent me to visit with you. And Ishmael looked at him aghast and says, well, I don't know why the rabbi would send you to me. You know, I, I have, don't think I have any wisdom to share here. Very self-defacing, frankly. And then, uh, so Ishmael uh, and Jacob talked, and Jacob is the whole time, his mind is wandering, trying to figure out, what what is it? What can this guy teach me, you know? And uh, pretty soon, um, this woman came to the to the door and invited uh, and said, "Lunch is ready." And Ishmael, of course, looked across at Jacob and said, "Would would you join us for lunch?" And and Jacob, of course, went in because that was the polite thing to do. And uh, as he came into this hovel, he saw the table totally packed with children, and he saw one chair, and uh, he saw this pot that had one potato in it. And um, as an, a Ishmael insisted that Jacob sit in the chair, and Ishmael sat beside him, and the food was dished out, and the potato was given to Jacob. And the children, everyone is chowing down with bread and this potato-flavored water. And Jacob is there and, he, of course, is eating the food. And finally, Ishmael could contain himself no more. And so he said, why, why did the rabbi send you to me? What lesson is there in this for me? And... Jacob looked at him and he said, the rabbi told me you could teach me how to deal with suffering. And Jacob looked at him and said, oh, I respectfully must disagree. What do I know of suffering? I have a beautiful wife, lovely children, a house, And I have food enough to share with my new friend. What do I know of suffering? You know, Bob, I think that's a perfect story about being enough, isn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. If that doesn't say it, I'm not sure what else it does. (laughs) No. I know. I know. So, but I didn't, as you can all guess, I, I did not stay with Judaism. Although I will tell you, my name was not my my Jewish name was not Ruth, but Miriam, the sister of Moses, which was interesting in itself. So then I realized, at some point for me, that I am all things, 
I'm all faiths because I think all faiths really at their core talk about each person being enough and knowing they are enough to be kind to others. So how about you, Bob? What's your journey here? Hmm. <laughs> I think I'm just still trying to figure that out in your day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> quite, quite yeah, well, honestly. It, yeah, well, I think we're we're all. I think the thing is, is that we're all still, it, we're all still on a journey. It, it, it hasn't ended, you know. I mean, every day there's something new coming about. But I, I have had experiences uh where I've learned um, I've learned in my head I think I'm kind of a book person but I, I've learned in my head uh, about other faiths whether it's reading conversations with God or uh, the initiation by Elizabeth Hake or or reading uh, the shack all of those things are a part of my journey you know to to being where we are today uh, here with a dear friend about how valuable each and every person is in the scheme of things. Yeah, it's, it's it, it is a journey, and everything we we pick up along the way helps us, or we discard if we don't feel that it's necessary. And I think I don't know sometimes it's okay to discard things, right? It's there's not a lesson in there's not a lesson in everything that we that we hear or read or 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 study about. There may there may not always be a lesson like there was in the great story that you just told us. Uh or there could be a great story in it for someone but not for us because we've either yes. maybe uh come up with have our own beliefs around things that that don't that we've that we've come to a different way. Yeah, yeah. Everybody comes to their own place, and I think that there is no shame in that. That, in fact, is the expectation. If if there is an expectation for faith, it is to come to that place of comfort for yourself and know that uh, you are enough, and and know that you are valuable. Uh, and um, no matter where you are, so uh, you see that on television too. The the people who leave faith and uh, and the faith is not so willing to let them go, you know. And and yet when they leave, they don't leave faithless. They leave because they are are choosing to define their journey themselves. Right, that's just the evolution of their mm. evolution of their journey and their. And I, I think all of our beliefs evolve over time too, with by learning from either just experiential learning or or book learning or listening to to others. And, yeah. And it's okay that you that, that you move. <laughs> I think that's yeah. where sometimes you know, people get hung up is no, I have to stay exactly like this because you know that that's that's the way it's supposed to be. 
and that we're not to. Yeah. And here, here's the rule, and I follow it, and I don't accept change. So here we go back to change again. <laughs> yes, exactly. And there we are with change again. And you know, but the thing is, is that that is what causes a person to feel enough than they should. But what concerns me is if they're not feeling enough, have they lost, are they afraid to look beyond that? You know, when I was a child, I was so afraid of God that I wanted to to do all of those things that curried favor with God. And and I think that for me, my fear was uh, exemplified most strongly. I, I don't know that I was afra- as afraid of God as I was the devil, let's be honest. <laughs> I think I was really afraid of this devil, you know, of evil, chasing me around. And one day uh, in Ohio, this big barn that was across the street from us burned down and I was literally, and, and the fire occurred at night, and I was terrorized. I was literally frozen. I could not move in my bed because I was just so afraid that something that this little fourth grader did, or fifth grader, I guess I was, something that I, as a little fifth grader, had done, had invited the devil into my life. And I I wonder how are people trapped not feeling enough because they're afraid of judgment? And this is taking a different bent than we thought. People, you know, people who are afraid to say I am after I explain the I am idea, afraid of judgment that somehow they're going to lose something from God, that they're going to be judged as inadequate, that they're not going to reunite, remember. And um, and so it would be better to stay in this place where others are not enough because the fear keeps them there. Have you ever wondered that? Or do I wonder about weird stuff? Somebody told me this last week I overthink things. So you can tell me that if you want. <laughs> you know, this, I, I wouldn't say you I, uh, overthinking can be good and can be bad and depends on what context it is, I think. <laughs> the, uh, some, you know, I, I agree with you that a lot of people will, you know, fear that it's just fear-driven. Yeah, fear-driven. Would you like would you like to take us through a meditation to help us? Yes, uh, I would. Thank you for that. Fear? Yeah, I will. I'll give it a, a chance here. All right. Hold on just, just a second. I want to look and see. I'm putting my glasses on. I don't know. Oh, hold on. Um, I'm evaluating here. <laughs> don't overthink. I know, I know, but I'm trying to pick. I'm trying to pick a piece of music that, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That there's enough time to hear, while at the same time uh, 
excuse me, I'm ba- I'm doing the same thing you did. I'm looking at the music, <laughs> you know. Yep, exactly. um, <laughs> since we don't pr- since we don't produce the show prior, it's all off the cuff. Yes. <laughs> yeah, this is live. This is live. And, and you know, since it is live, we hurt. may not have. Yeah, since we may not have time at the end. Helena, I, we want to thank you so much for having joined our show live today. Uh, and we hope that you come back next week. Uh, or sometimes we don't do it every week. But the next time we're on the air, we look forward to having you participate with us again. And that time, we're going to switch you to speaker so you can speak with us and join us in uh, whatever comes. As you can see, it's fairly free-flowing. And there's nothing right or wrong. It's, it's it's all uh, okay. It's all okay. And we thank you for joining us. And I'm going to do uh, DSL's uh, Harmony and Flux. Um, Great choice. Thank you. So let me start with that. And, and then if you all, once again, can get in a comfortable position. I'm fortunate because I have right now uh, with me a piece of incense that was very thick and chunky. And so the air around me is filled with a fragrance that is is very positive and pleasant and makes me feel uh, at peace. And I am going to invite you all to do a guided meditation with me, and I'm hopeful um that we will stop probably with about three minutes left for you, that you can carry the meditation forward in peace for yourself. And one of the things to keep in mind is something we mentioned last week. There is no such thing. There is no such thing as not being enough time. And if you find that your mind wanders, that's okay. And the way I meditate is I try to take long, deep breaths, but I don't try to focus so completely on my breath that I feel like I'm choking. So I meditate with breath as though it is basically pulling in in small steps as though I'm singing a song a song that is a celebration of my union with all that is. And I chose this particular music as the background, and I hope it's not too long, loud. Bob, if it is, let me know and I'll turn it down. Um, I'm choosing it because the intonation implies something beyond ourselves. Something grand. And yet they also pull us in and invite us to be a part. To be at one with the music. So let's breathe in the music as you go up your chakra. And let's breathe in this music leaving. I am loved. I am loved up through your spine. 
dipping in breath and singing a song in celebration of your love. I am love. I am love. I am love. I am love. Reach out your dominant hand and take the hand of God as you know God to be. And holding that hand, feel the energy and love begin coursing through your body from that hand. Cross your hand, up your arm, across your shoulder, and into your heart where your heart begins to swell up and illuminate and let go of fear. Let go of fear and know that you are You are enough to be sitting in any room at any time, holding the hand of God. And now, reach out your non-dominant hand and allow the love of God and you combine to move and accept the hand of another listener's God in your hand. And as you feel the energy from that God, the love from that God begin to course up your arms and across your shoulders and down into your heart. Imagine yourself being at peace in a light, translucent ball of love. And that, my friend, is God's love for you. That love is yours, and there is no need to be afraid because it will never go away from you. It will be with you always. And when you find yourself in situations that you don't feel that coursing energy of love, then you need to let go and know that you are enough, that God loves you, that you are valuable. And now let us breathe out. I am valuable. 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 Breathing in. I am enough. I am enough. I am enough. Joining yourself with God on either side and your heart full of love, surrounded and encased by love, a translucent soul light. You are enough. And now feel the next two and a half minutes, breathing on your own, relaxing and embracing the knowledge that you are loved. You are enough. You are valuable. I am loved. I am enough. I am valuable.
I am enough. I am love. And staying united together in this call that is embracing listeners all around the planet, all of us enough, all of us love, let us ignite together that love by continuing to meditate to annihilate, be still thy soul with starting with I am loved. Just relax and feel God around you, massaging your shoulders. Breathing in. I am loved. I do not need to be afraid. Breathe out. I'm enough. I am valuable. Thank you. 
You are each a source of light. Let the light shine through you and know that you are enough, even if others tell you you are not. Namaste. Peace be with you until next time. Namaste.